So we're joined by the great and mighty Kyle Epic Mendoza. Kyle, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Not too much going on. Just uh, another fun Sunday. Another fun Sunday. And we're like slightly snowed in? Yeah, just a little bit of snow. I actually almost used an entire freaking bag of salt to keep it off my driveway. But poor kids. There wasn't enough to go down to for the kids to play with. So they were all kind of bummed. But yeah, it was at least just, it's pretty. It was just now. enough to be shitty. Like not enough to play with. Uh, enough to make the streets kind of nasty. But that was it. And they had that bitter under 20 degree cold. Yeah, I uh, I took my dogs out this morning and I was like, good god what is this i haven't felt this in a while i feel so bad they had to walk in the snow in their bare paws and i'm like gosh how do you just get used to that well dude that brings up that brings up one interesting thing because the dog thing so you have like the most magical border collie ever oh nisa yeah she's special and uh so just to just to like let the listeners know who you are a little bit um you are like a you've been on YouTube for shit a decade um sharing parkour content you did your uh you are the FedEx ninja so you were on American Ninja Warrior and you have this special dog that you train to do special stuff so she's amazing it's been a, it's, it's been a fun journey with nisa i as my first dog she's been able to do things i never thought i'd ever get any dog to do so how did how did that start because you you've recorded a bunch of content um of her playing and you know you playing with her how did you uh how did you get into that so when i first took an interest into getting my first dog i knew i needed something high energy and i saw like what frisbee dogs and other trick dogs could do and i'm like you know that, that'd be a great dog for me because i'm add i need another dog that's like equally add and i had nothing but free time at, at, at back then and um when i got nisa i literally went straight to just training like the basic sit stay lay down and i just like hammered those out and then uh, I watched a lot of Dog Whisperer for, like, behavioral-type things at the time. And then I watched a lot of Zach George, who was really good at teaching just, like, random tricks throughout, like, just various dog breeds. And from, like, delivering uh, money to a pizza guy and bringing the pizza back to a table to, like, he wants to taught a dog how to make a bed. And he was just really good at helping you understand how to get the dog to do what you wanted it to do. And then that whole progressive rewarding system to where they were finally able to understand, oh, this is what he wants me to do. That's what I got to do to get the treat. And then associating from going like from the treats to like affection or associating like the command with like something verbal or like a gesture. And just little by little, she picked up things really quick. And once we kind of got in our own little training routine, she she would always know when I was teaching her something new. And uh, yeah, she just... I didn't stop. Once I started teaching her how to do the basic stuff, I started going with the frisbees and the jumps and the climbing. And I'm like, you know, I do parkour. Let me try and get her to do some obstacle stuff. So literally just one thing kind of led to another. And she just never ceased to amaze and surprise me. So I just kind of kept taking it to newer and newer heights. And she seemed to always have fun. I was always having fun. And I was like, you know what? There's got to be more people who enjoy this. So that's where I started just sharing videos of Nisa. And it's a blast to watch her. It's amazing. And she still goes, too. She's like 12 now, and she she always wants to jump. 
always wants to run, always wants to play. That's amazing. And so uh, you, how long ago did you get into parkour? Cause you, that's something that we're probably going to spend a lot of time on here. Um, how old were you? What was it that drew you to it? So parkour, that interest started for me, I would say probably around 2005. And uh, it was probably a mixture between like what Jackie Chan did, because I used to love martial arts and tricking back then. And then there was also like the, the YouTube bits that I would watch from like three run and such. There were those guys who were, you know, they had their gymnastics background, they had their acrobatics background, but then they also like just ran around and jumped around and climbed up stuff. But then you had your other various YouTube channels and guys, but three of them was just like the big one for me because they had like the team and everybody did it. And I'm like, man, you know, I need buddies. And back when I trained it, there was a, a pretty fair sized group that I was always able to train with. So it was nice to kind of feel like that community group of people who all just go out and test themselves and, you know, perform fun tricks on outdoor surfaces and then even in open gyms and such things like that. It's just, uh, I've, I've always needed an outlet for movement. So once I found parkour and free running, it basically evolved my interests from the martial arts tricking to like, Hey, I could take these tricks to obstacles and then some, and it wasn't so much like uh, a way for me to get famous or just like an outlet for me to be like, Oh, Hey, I could totally like, you know, reach stardom through this. It was more so just like, dude, I really enjoy this. And the thing to do seems to be to put your content online and that's what I did. And I'm grateful that I did it now because I have stuff to look back on. But it's amazing to see how it has led me through my life, especially back then at that time, and how people remember me today. When you've had some cool stuff happen because of your content. So because you're this, uh, this YouTube personality, is that what you call it? Um, but because you're that, you had the opportunity to do American Ninja Warrior and what, what, what's that been like? Because you've competed on there more than once, correct? Yeah, so I've been a Ninja Warrior two times, and then I was an alternate this past year, and I never got to go on. But, yeah, I would say it's it's been kind of interesting. I've, I've been really blessed, the fact that it's, like, taken me to, to Ninja Warrior because I used to watch the show when it was in Japan, and I was always a huge fan, and with my parkour background, and always liking to run, jump, and climb on stuff, I'm like, dude, that looks like so much fun. And there was literally always that thought in the back of my head, like, ah, oh, it would really suck, though, if you could only do it once, and obviously that was the case on the show, but, you know, when I first got uh, my, my, you know, I guess my push to really just apply for the show and see see what I can do, and they called me back, and I was like, dude, I'm doing it. Let's go hard. And I was like, I feel like I'm finally ready. You know, let me just see what I can do. And that was when Core was in St. Charles. I found that gym. So I was like, I was training hard. I was ready for it. And um, it was definitely a new world for me because I was going in there expecting that there was going to be like, your, you know, your various cliques of people. And they would be like all kind of keeping to themselves. And, you know, the higher ups would be like only the higher ups and they would never really talk to like the newcomers. But it was actually very much like a very open community. And like you obviously have your cliques where some people get along with others more. But the fact that, that everybody wants everybody to win and no one's shy for on, on their tips of like, watch out for this obstacle. It behaves this way. So you might want to adapt in this, you know, this way. So there's just different, uh, different ways that it was opening my mind and eyes to like new ways to, I guess, cater to my 
ADD lifestyle because like, you know martial arts was great, parkour was great, and then now I have ninja. So there's like multiple different I guess venues that I could I could you know pursue for growth. So after after you started getting to do Ninja Warrior, did that did that present new opportunities to you? Did that change anything for you? Because like you went from uh, a little YouTube following. I don't know how, how many how many listeners do you have on YouTube or viewers do you have on YouTube? Uh, so the last time I checked, it was about the same. And honestly, whenever whenever they uh, whenever they did their premiere of me on the very first time I went there, and they were like, "It's probably going to get a few more followers tonight," and the whole and FedEx has a new commercial. I only went up like two thousand subscribers, oh, and then shortly after, like that, it went right back down to like one forty three. But right now, it's at one forty four. So it hasn't really moved a whole lot since then. But I mean, that was like the very first time I've ever been on the show. And even like there have been people I've talked to who have watched like every single season and they'd be like, yeah, I don't even know who you are. And I'm like, well, that's okay. That's okay. So I know you got to be on the show multiple times for people to remember. But then every once in a while you get people on my YouTube who will comment, I came here from Ninja Warrior. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's always nice. Because they threw my video on their YouTube. So I was like, okay, cool. I always got my very first run to like look back on because they threw it up. So I'm like, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's super awesome. Now, do you – because you, you talk about this like it's a journal almost. Like you're, uh, like the things that you've done on YouTube, Ninja Warrior and all that, it, it sounds like you use it as something to go back to. Do you revisit it often? Lately, yes. I have been revisiting it more and more lately, especially like – the older videos from like right when everything changed from like that single free lifestyle, like really just kind of mostly just being me on my own and living at my dad's house to like where I am now, where like I have a family and like a big boy job and I got like responsibilities and it's just incredible to like think back on those days. And it's, it's, it's almost like, yeah, those were the good old days, but at the same time, it's like, it was a different kind of awesome then than it is now. So it's like, I wouldn't change anything or take anything back, but it's like, I'm just really glad I, I put the content out there for me to always look back on. Okay, so you use this public content that you put out as like a you're like, well, even if even if nobody ever looks at it or anything like that, it's at least my video archive of the stuff that I've done and I'm proud of it. Yeah, exactly. That's super awesome, man. And uh be, being a dad is you're a dad, I'm a dad. Um, it, it, it does change things and it makes them, like you said, it's a different kind of awesome. Uh, is, are your passions something that you've been able to share with your kids and something that you've been able to help open them up to? Absolutely. (laughs) Especially with Briley being in the gym so much through her, her like younger life and Emmy, she's exposed to gym life too. So like they're, they're both like always kind of surrounded by movement in a way, but they, uh, I would say about a year or so ago, they, they were exposed to like so much more. But like a year or so ago was when things changed, where they were just like with COVID and everything. Like we all stopped going to the gym a whole lot more. But Briley, she moves so much, and there are times where like when I had to take her to the playground, and she'd do the whole you know your usual tag with the kids around the playground. She'd be the one kid that could never get caught, especially by some of the big kids. And you'd hear them commenting, "How is she so fast? She just slips right through those cracks." And it's fun to watch her try and, and act like me in some ways. But then when it comes to like teaching them, they can be a little reluctant, but 
at the same time, I always try to focus mostly on like encouraging the playful mindset of it, but also like making sure that I'm like expressing the, the, the importance of being mindful of what you're doing while you're moving, like to just not run around and be careless, but to like try to try to seek growth, try to like find a challenge. Like don't just run around the playground and, and only explore like while you're exploring try different challenges, whether it's like jumping, climbing, swinging, but like it's right. You're a playground play. And you don't always have to play the way that the playground tries to limit you to, because if you limit yourself, then you, you know, you don't grow. So yeah, as be, much. You're, you're trying to encourage them to be deliberate in the chaos that they're creating. Right. Basically. Yeah. I want to like, I want to let them be like a balance of free spirits, but also like, knowing when enough is enough and how to moderate that. And I feel like the best way to do that is to like, let them take the risks and, and experience the dangers, but at the same time, like be there for them when they really need me to, and like be like super precise and impactful with like my words, my advice or whatever it is that I'm helping them with. That's, that's one of those weird things as a parent, you, uh, you try to, you're like, I want, I want to teach you best, but you're like, I also, I want to be completely honest in what I'm about to tell you now. And like walking, walking that line is so hard sometimes. It is. Um, so like you've said, things have slowed down a little bit since this COVID thing happened. Are you, are you continuing to train? Is it something that still matters to you? So movement definitely still matters to me, but I'm not going to lie. I have probably stopped training more out of frustration for not being able to train the way I used to be able to train. Like I'm, I moved out to Wright city. So I'm way farther from like St. Louis city. And every time like somebody goes to train, it's like at least a 30 minute drive. And then my free time usually has, I have the girls with me and I don't want to go to a training session and be like, Hey guys, I'm going to try this jump from this roof to roof or I'm going to, Hey, I'm going to try this challenge can you watch my kids for a second? Like, I don't want to make my friends responsible for my kids, even though like, <laughs> I know we're all like a group and team. We all look out for each other, but it's just, it's just something morally funky for me that I haven't really figured out quite yet. So, but I, I have taken my girls training with me before and they, they seem to enjoy, you know, being around the, the environment, the atmosphere of like wanting to move and jump and try new things. And they'll do their own little dabbles. But I, uh, I would, I would definitely say that, uh, I, I look for ways to keep up with my training through like daily tasks and I try to keep up with my stretching, but I, I can honestly say I have not really gotten to like truly push myself when it comes to like big jumps, crazy flips with twists and things like that. Like my tricking has, has, has definitely kind of died down and there are a lot, there's a lot of really good skills that I can still throw, but it, it'll never be like my 2011 montage show reel ever again. But, I mean, that's something I always knew was coming. I mean, I'm 30, 31, so I'm like, all right, you know, you don't really need to do the crazy shit. What you really need to do is focus on, like, what you want to be capable of from now throughout, like, the rest of your life. So I'm focusing more on mobility, focusing on, like, you know, being strong in the right areas. And then uh, I still teach every once in a while, but since the gym's closed down and every other gym that I could join has this gymnastic view of things, not the parkour view of things, it's just – it's really hard for me to find some place to create a home at, and I'm I'm not ready to put myself in a position to open up a gym and risk going under. And right now, anyways, I mean it's a it's a huge financial undertaking to open a parkour gym or 
you know, uh, a free movement based kind of gym. I agree. It'd be easier if I could talk to like the local city about setting aside a budget to build like a local parkour park. But even then it's like, if I promote that idea or pitch that, how much, like how much involvement will I get in that to where it will actually be what the community really needs, you know, or like, will they just copy and paste some, you know, normal playground stuff and be like, Oh, look, we, we built your parkour playground. And it'd be like, no, no, this isn't what the community needs. Like, we need concrete, we need metal bars, we need things that aren't going to bend or break, and we need things that, you know, are good for beginners, intermediate, and advanced all levels. And just, that would be, that's like my only workaround for that. But un- until, until I guess, the St. Louis area, or Wright City area, or until I can find a way to, like, build up my backyard playground, I, uh, I train in simple ways, but uh, it's very rare where I'll actually get out and push myself hard the way I used to and filming has definitely become harder. Usually when I do train, it's by myself. So it's very difficult for me to like ask someone to film me and winter right now is easily understandable. But this summer I'm hoping that I can not so much make a comeback, but like really get back to feeling better about me. You know, I kind of just sat back a little bit too long here. I might need to get back into stuff and, not be so lazy. Quit playing video games to start becoming the superheroes that I play. Yeah, right, right. Now I, uh, I, I forced the kids into jujitsu recently, and uh, part of it was because I'm like, man, we sit on our asses all the time now with this COVID shit. So the kids aren't like going to hang out with their friends as much as they were. They don't get as much time to you know goof off and be physical at school. I'm like, okay. I, I have to get you guys into something. And uh, jiu-jitsu gyms are one of the, like, one of the big things around here that's actually going. So I was like, all right, that's it. They're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I miss jiu-jitsu days. I did a mixed martial arts gym where the base I was Kung Fu Sansu, but jiu-jitsu, stand-up, boxing, Muay Thai. Like, we did a little bit of everything. My sensei would even bring in instructors from other dojos and other styles to, like, teach us in workshops. And But jiu-jitsu was, like, one of my most favorite things, like every time I would do an MMA like grappling session, I'd always take it to the ground, and cause that's just always where I was most comfortable. And my stepbrother just recently started doing jujitsu, and I'm over here like literally, I was like yesterday, I was looking into prices at a local jujitsu gym and just considering taking Briley because she loves a rough house with me, and I'm like, you know, Emmy might be ready here in a couple of years or so, so I mean, it might be uh, might be something worth looking into for me because that is an, an an idea that I had that could cure my, you know, my. Uh, what you want to call it, but I definitely feel like my energy is bottled up and I need to let it out. And I feel like jujitsu would be a great outlet for me as a replacement for not being able to push hard through parkour like I used to. So with, with, when you say not being able to push hard through parkour anymore, cause you're, you're 31, um, you're not old yet, but you're not one of the kids doing it. You know what I mean? You're not the guy that's going to take the 20 foot jump or anything crazy like that. But, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like your your body's broken down to the point to where you can't hang like you used to? I can definitely honestly say I know my body can handle anything that I throw at it right now, especially if it's like some of the younger stuff. But uh, the, the biggest issue for me now is it's like that saying, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So it's like, even though I'm not old, I can start, I'm, I'm st- I've started to feel things getting more and more difficult where I'm like, oh, wow, this takes a lot more effort than it used to or wow I, this feels slower than it used to like holy crap I, I 
I don't know if it's me getting older or maybe it's, it's me just getting out of practice or maybe I'm just like, you know, not training as much as I need to be. But I, I if I can find a way to where I can always like improve in some way where I can like, you know, get that sore feeling after a workout, be sore for the next couple of days and just push right back into it, then that'll that'll bring me some content feelings. Yeah, I would say so. So you still work for FedEx, right? Yes. And you're a driver? Yep. Do you get to do any any play while you're driving? Yes and no. Like there's some limitations. Like obviously you don't want to like get caught on camera and you don't want to get hurt on the job and supposedly it's even like against policy to just simply run. But I'm like I'm over here just hopping over rails sometimes and I'm hitting up like an apartment or something like that and I know the, it's like sixth six floor up or whatever, third floor. However, when I get down to that first floor, just before like the very bottom floor, and that rail is easy for me to drop down to, I'll pop over that rail into a cat hang. I'll just drop down that next story. And if there's some grass patch or a nice little mulch patch, I'll, I'll land in that. Or every once in a while, there might be like a little gap or a shortcut that I might be able to take. Like, I look for ways. And one nice thing is some of the industrial areas, I can kind of see and scout new training spots. But very seldomly I'll actually do parkour on the way to like a delivery. But if I do, it's usually on the way back to the truck without the package. So I don't sure. risk like damaging anything. But I mean, there, there's very subtle ways, mostly footwork wise that I, I, I train with through FedEx. And then it's like the cardio. Once you get out, jogging up to the house, jogging back to the truck, just kind of building cardio and make sure I keep my heart rate up. So I'm not just like turning into a, I don't know, a cup of yogurt sitting in the truck. I want to make sure I can stay sharp, stay, you know, hold my shape and keep moving and mobile. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I sell cars, so it's easy to turn into a fat shit. And, like, that's one of the, that's, <laughs> There's that's, so many guys who will have, like, a big-ass lunchbox. So they'll have a whole bag of, like, chips just right there in the front dash, and they're just driving around munching the whole day, and I'm like, that's how it happens, man. That's what I need to not do and stay away from. Yeah, you're like, no chips, no chips. But they're so good. <laughs> They are, especially Christmas time when people leave goodies on their front porches when you make a delivery. I'm like, oh, you guys need Doritos. I'm going to need some cashew nuts or something healthy here soon. Do you uh, do you have, like, regulars that you go to often and they like, they're like, oh, Kyle's here, so they leave good stuff out for you like that? Yeah, so I usually have one normal area that I run through uh, in Christmas, but this past Christmas I was running a different area for a guy who was out on a medical leave for, for a little bit. He... Uh, he had a pretty good route where there were a pretty fair amount of houses that would have goodies out there for the delivery drivers, and it was really nice. Some routes out in Wildwood even would leave, like, a little envelope on the door with some money inside it that would be, like, you know, for the FedEx driver, for the Amazon driver, even one for the UPS driver. And I'm like, dang, you know, they've taken care of everybody out here. That's so depending sweet. on where you are, you can get treated really nicely come Christmas season. That's awesome. That's awesome. So It's fun. Moving forward, like, do you have do you have like a plan of action, something that you're going to be doing to stay active? Because it it sounds like, based on the conversation that we've had here, that you you want to be able to continue to progress. You want to keep this. Uh, you you want to remain sharp, but um, you don't necessarily. You're not doing it the way that you would like to right now. Do you have a plan of action for moving forward? Unfortunately, I don't, at least not an effective one. Anything that I have is merely just an idea where it's like, hey, that would be nice. But 
my my game plan right now is like to start prioritizing time like choosing like a weekly training session to like always follow through on and uh i've actually been hoping that i can kind of reorganize my garage space here soon where i'll have i'll be able to open it up more where i have my vault box in there and i have a couple rails in there as well but it'd be nice to like throw you know uh put some plywood on the wall and put a cat bar on the wall and be able to do some cat hangs some big cat leaves some devil drops and just to work on some other things again. And I have a couple of mats in the garage as well. It's so like, I have like kind of a small space where I can do a couple of things, but it's just with it. There's, there's just, just too much. It's too crowded in the garage. There's too much clutter. And I, I would not say that I, the garage walls would be like an ideal like wall to be kicking off of and punching off of and stuff. But it's the only thing that I have. that's like right where I need it. If I need it. So we've talked about, having kids and being into playing and just trying to find a way to play on your own time. How, how, how supportive is your wife of it? Cause you're, you're living like every five-year-old's fantasy. You're, you know, like you said, doing superhero stuff. How does, uh, how does your spouse view that? You know, it's interesting. I, I honestly, I know she's supportive, but she's also, she's got her own things that she's focused on. Cause when we first kind of started meeting and, and mingling, I had like my parkour, my free running, my YouTube following, like there was like all that going for me. And she was like a phenomenal coach at, at a gymnastics gym. And she was actually the big reason I was able to like be a, an effective coach for a younger kids, like our daughter's age, like five, six, and even age four and stuff. Cause that was an age group that I always struggled with. I'm like, all right, you guys clearly don't know why you're here. So I got to find a way to make this interesting for you. Right. So it was, it was really fun for me to like to pick that up off of her. So like, and, and when I come, when I talk about my dreams, she's very good at like letting me know like, Hey, this could happen or like, but what about this? And like, she's very realistic. So it's, it's nice to like have her in, in those areas. And she's the biggest reason why like I haven't like put myself in any holes. Like she's why I haven't opened up a gym and, She's why I haven't, like, I guess, dedicated myself to, like, trying to rebuild the community because, it, one, it's not really my responsibility, but also it's, like, it might not really be my life's purpose. And she she supports pretty much whatever I want to do, but it's hard to, like, to know what you want to do if, if you don't have a whole lot of resources to, like, create what you want. So what I've been doing mostly is just being, like, keeping everything else afloat and in a way supporting her dreams more than I've been supporting my own because she's built kind of an army with her aerial silks program. She's got tons of girls under her. And honestly, when my parkour program was at the one gym, that was a program that was booming. And by the time that gym shut down, her program was literally like the one program keeping it afloat. And mine was the one that was dying. So in a way I've been sort of shifting I guess all that towards her, but I've been trying to be very careful about not doing it so much where I just like leave myself in the dark to where I turn into this fat blob who used to be a parkour legend or used to be a parkour sensei on YouTube. So I'm trying to like just stick with it. I have, I have faith and I trust that like whatever I've learned throughout my life will bring me somewhere, but I'm at a point in my life where like things are shifting and I'm just like waiting for that, like, window of opportunity to like present itself and i'm like trying to create you know those opportunities reaching out those little feelers so those opportunities are easily like easily seen right as soon as i know what i can do i can you know make those moves and get us i guess a little bit more ahead or 
to the next step. So you have mentioned the community several times in this conversation. It, I'm kind of picking up on like that's one of the one of the things that you enjoy most about about parkour, about free running, and all that fun stuff is the communal aspect of it. Is that is that fair? Yes, definitely. It's nice to train by myself. I can I know what my weaknesses are, and I know like what I'm good and what I'm not at, but. When you're with other people, there's just different energies to vibe off of. And everybody is kind of like, you know, it's like we all have our own little superpowers. We all have our own little tidbits and things that we're good at. And it's nice to, like, to dabble in what other people do because it teaches you more about yourself. And that's one thing I really miss is challenging each other, pushing each other, having fun together. And at the end of the day, just feeling good about ourselves, knowing that we, we did some shit. Do you ever, like, do you ever reach out to... uh old old friends and you're like hey man let's just let's try to let's give this one last go let's let's try one more time to uh to blow this thing up is that is that a goal of yours at all no honestly everybody from like the old crew has just grown up and like gone their own different ways like they either just don't practice anymore or it's just not a priority and there there is a community that's there but I'm not really in touch with them and I don't really know how big it is, but like there's, there's a pretty good decent size of people who go to open gyms and who practice parkour in the St. Louis region. But I don't really, I don't know who they are. And I honestly, if I was to go to open gyms, I could probably, ooh, excuse me, I could probably meet these people and I could probably rebuild a community that way. Cause that was kind of how I did it back then. But with the lifestyle, I, I with the lifestyle I have now, there's just no way I'd be able to, do like open gyms till 10 o'clock at night and then wake up before, you know, three or so in the morning. It's just, it gets brutal. No, absolutely. So it's, it's funny. Like it's a, we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I, I personally have never really given a shit about football. Not never in my adult life anyway. Uh, Same. It, I I was messaging you about doing this and I had to like reschedule a little bit. And I was like, man, I hope this guy's not watching the Super Bowl. And then I really thought about it. I'm like, I don't think Kyle's a Super Bowl kind of guy. Hell no. Not with all those rules and limitations compared to parkour and what you can do in it. I'm like, yeah, parkour is just way more fun to watch and do. Well, yeah, it's funny. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about it and he was like, so you don't you don't like the stuff, and I was like, I'm really not a big fan of uh, of team sports. I like individual sports a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know how to play on on a team, but I mean, like with parkour being so individual, and with a lot of folks, I guess these past few years focusing so much on like their individualism, it just seems like. You know, it's becoming way more relevant. A lot of people are just focusing on themselves and just kind of trying to improve themselves. And hell, like I mean, it seems like football's dropped a lot this year. But I, I don't know if that's mostly because of COVID or mostly just because of like people are drifting from mainstream sports. Like I've heard that like softball teams, baseball teams, and things like that, they're always like looking for more people to sign up, and more and more people are doing like you know martial arts and ninja warrior gyms, and you know gymnastics is still somehow surviving. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's wild. It's totally wild. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I just I know for me the individual sports thing was always was always more enticing. But I I haven't really paid attention to what other people thought or did as far as all of that went. Like I, 
I love uh, mixed martial arts, so I like I, I watch a lot of MMA, but I'll watch you know American Ninja Warrior. I'll watch uh, different parkour athletes, but outside of that, yeah, I don't. I'm like I don't I don't really care to watch uh, football or basketball or whatever hockey. It's I don't know. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, that's why I can't stand mainstream sports. I mean, it's fun because it's like, <laughs> all right, you create these rules and these challenges for this team, and you know, I guess I get I get how that can challenge your brain with creating strategies as a coach, and how it challenges the reflexes of the team to perform well. And you know, everybody has their own individual part that you know they they put together as to create the team to perform a task, and that's all easily understandable. But I mean. When it comes to just the individual bits and the freedom of, of obstacle movement, and then there's like you you have your own challenges, but it's always based on like what you want. It's not like okay, we have to do this set like number of rules. But I mean, think about it now. Everybody kind of has their own interests, and you know, some people are leaders, some people are followers, and some people like to play a game that has these preset of rules. And then you have your other people who want to create their own rules and their own challenges. So. It just kind of everybody has their own thing. It seems we all have our own place. It, it seems like. Yeah, you're, you're, I, so what you're saying is for you the the body is the rule set enough. You're you're limited. You're limited by your body, and that's it. Outside of that, pretty you much, have, yeah. You want to have full. Like in football, some people like to like they love the idea of tackling and being rough. But it's like if you're trying to be rough, just do MMA. You know, and it's like some people like to to do like you know relay races and stuff like that. But it's like, if you like to run, like. Parkour. You got you got climbing and things like that. You got the the high jumpers and stuff like that. And I'm like, you guys realize that like, you take a parkour athlete and put them in a high jump challenge. You take a parkour athlete, and put them in a long jump challenge. Like, they're they're gonna be able to like, they may not win, but they're gonna give you a run for your money. And it's interesting how like, people who do parkour and free running have surpassed what gymnasts have trained years to achieve through fixed positions and form and, and technique. But they've been able to adapt their style to those techniques and fixed positions to where like it works enough for them where they can still pull it off. And it may not it may not look beautiful, but they're still they're still understanding the the skill behind the movement and being able to pull it off. And that to me is just like that's what stands out so much more than all these other mainstream sports. What's well, kind of like what Bruce Lee said: uh, "Take that which is useful, discard that which is useless." That's yep, and that what's uniquely your own. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like. Parkour athletes are really, really, really good about doing that. They don't have to do yeah. this beautiful handstand. They're like, no, we can do a, a, a crude handstand, but get get the movement down and understand the body positioning and all that, and that will be more effective for us moving forward and other endeavors as far as it pertains to parkour than, you know, pointing my toes just right. Yes. That's freaking awesome, man. Um I guess I guess we're we're getting to the point to where we can wrap this up. Uh, are there any words of wisdom or anything like that? Any advice that you have for the listeners? Um, so a lot of a lot of successful people in life will talk about like you know make the jump and things like that. And I guess in a way it's like taking the risks, like doing that thing that everybody says, "Oh man, you'd be so good at that," and just like really going for it and if you have enough people supporting you, I think it's worth looking into, but you've got to be able to do it with, like, with, with the ability to battle your own doubts. Cause the moment you doubt yourself is a moment you're going to hold yourself back and be like, no, I don't want to do it. Or 
oh, nah, there's no way I would do it. Like, you would never know. And you may not be the best, but you got to understand, you don't have to be the best to be happy or to be comfortable or to be successful. Like, you just got to make things work for you. And that's really all you got to focus on. And you don't always have to take the jump. It's okay to not know what you want. As long as you keep finding ways to better yourself little by little through those tiny little details, it will, it can lead to something. And I think that's, uh, that's one thing that is, is nice about parkour is it's very much the same. It's like you train and you build on yourself little by little until you see a challenge that you think that you can rise up to and then you conquer it. And if you don't conquer it, you learn from that experience, you build up to be able to conquer it and you overcome it. So I feel like, what parkour has taught me is basically what, what I guess, like, I guess, yeah, I don't know how to word this, actually. Parkour has been a good guide for me through, through I guess, a happy life. A life where, like, I can look back on and think, like, damn, I'm really glad I did all that. I'm really glad that I took those risks. I'm really glad that I made that jump. I'm really glad that I trained those skills so I could perform these other tasks safely, like, I would say the biggest word of wisdom would probably be to like to stay positive, to like not give in to the doubt, but not be like completely careless. Just make one percent improvements until you get that hundred percent uh, increase in ability, right? Don't give up. Keep pushing, little by little. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you doing the show, hanging out. Um, is there anything that you want to plug to the listeners? Can you tell them where to reach you or where to find your content? So uh, my Instagram is EpicGram. So that one's pretty easy to find. The YouTube channel, you can look up uh, Epic One, the number one, or you can just search Kyle Mendoza. But I got over 100 tutorials on there for anybody to kind of practice, learn, even like a whole 15-minute almost like stretching follow-along video for anybody just wanting to improve general flexibility. Um, but those are like the main, I guess, outlets that I use for promoting any of my content or posting any of my stuff. I have a Facebook channel or page for it, which is also like facebook.com slash epic one, just like the YouTube. But that one is pretty much the same as like the Instagram. So there's nothing really new there that isn't on Instagram, but there's still like another way to reach out. 